All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. I'm your host, Matt Hines. Thank you very much for joining us. If you are, in fact, joining us live here in the middle of your workday, uh, we are here on LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. If you are watching this in real time, you have the advantage of now being part of the show. You can ask a question. You can make a comment. Uh, we may put you on the show itself. Your face and your comment and your question may be on the show itself, including anything you want to ask our guests today. If you are listening or watching on demand, including from our podcast feed, thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. All of our episodes, I think we're at episode 325 of Sales Pipeline Radio, every past, present, future episode available on salespipelineradio.com. And if this is not your first time on the show, you know we are trying to feature some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing on a weekly basis. Very excited to have with us today, Andy Paul, who I've known for a long time, a sales author, speaker, influencer, super knowledgeable guy, recently published this book, Sell Without Selling Out, A Guide to Success on Your Own Terms. And uh, well, first of all, Andy, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Um. So this, I mean, this is honestly like, and I don't see, I don't. If you see the show, you know I don't say this every. This is this is one of my new favorite books on sales, and it's it, in part because it is just packed with advice, but it is highly accessible. It is highly practical. It is you can almost flip to any page and just like pick up an idea or two. And I'm assuming that was by design. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, first of all, I had, I had a great editor that really helped. Uh, make sure that that what made it into the book was was worth reading and yeah it it's funny it's one of those things actually i i find myself going back to it um so it's yeah it, it's chock full of good stuff and there's a recurring theme in a lot of the content that is i mean so the book is called selling without selling out and there's a recurring theme around acting selling like a human and selling to humans um which mm -hmm. I mean, I think we can all kind of look at our inboxes and our, listen to our voicemails and sort of see examples, maybe the opposite. But talk right. about that element of just sort of relating to people in a sales capacity. Well, I, I hearken back to it's based, you know, on my own my own work. Right? Is is mm -hmm. I tell the story early in the book about going to my first sales training class, my first job out of college, and thinking, listening to the training videos and going. God, what human acts this way? Because <laughs> because <laughs> it was just this, the behaviors that we all identify as sort of the sleazy, pushy sales behaviors that that our buyers really dislike and that we dislike if we are on the receiving end of them. Yeah, and that still seems to be so embedded into this you know, the consciousness of B two B selling that part of the motivation of the book is to say, look. Yeah, we can take all of those behaviors that we experience and we could, as a profession, just stop today. Culture, we, we, we would, if we never did any of those again, yeah. none of us would be worse for wear. So my assumption as just a curious person is that this, this behavior persists because it works. Does it still work? I mean, I, I think there's there's the, well, let me ask that question first. I mean, do you see evidence that it works or are people just beating a dead horse now? It works, obviously, right, to some degree, because it's. But I think at that point you're really playing the odds, yeah. Right, that right. Enough, enough circumstances uh, conspire to happen at one time that somebody's going to purchase from you doing that. But I think in in the main that no, it doesn't work, and I think that's why we see this trend toward buyers saying, not that 
some people trumpet as yeah, buyers don't want to, don't don't want to meet with sellers anymore. They don't want to spend time with sellers. And I don't think that's the case. They just don't want to spend time with sellers who can't help them get their job done. Exactly. And these selling out behaviors don't help them get their job done. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. And I think, you know, and I think part of the reason we continue to get spam is because some people click on and act on spam. But I think that if you're a seller who wants to have some longevity, mm-hmm. you may get a couple people to respond to, you know, your, you know, archaic sales efforts, but you're leaving a paper trail of scorched earth and bad reputation. Absolutely. That is going to keep people from wanting to work with you in the future. And I think, you know, we, um, I saw some new research recently on, sort of changes in the buying committee. And it was it was it was produced on the marketing uh, side mm-hmm. of the fence, but it was it was talking about the increase in millennials and Gen Z's employees that are part of the buying committee that are not just influencing and using products but are now part of the decision making right. process. And the fact that trust, you know, trust and authenticity is so so important to this audience and it cannot be manufactured or faked. Yep. So coming with that you know, that level of sort of interest and curiosity and authenticity is a huge part of just selling in general now. But I think based on that, it seems like it's going to be increase in importance oh, moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. There are a great book people could read in addition to mine is uh, Jeff <laughs> Coleman, Jeff Colvin's book, Humans Are Underrated, talking about the future of work in an increasingly automated and digital world. And the consensus among people that are sort of writing that is that those of those among us who thrive or who will thrive in those environments are those who learn how to become, and I use this term in the book, more intensely human, right? Is that that we're going to differentiate ourselves by becoming more human, not less, by leaning into these human attributes that enable us to connect with other people, uh, be authentic with them, be curious about them, not relying on the automation. Well, and I, you know, so first of all, you know, talking to the sales pipeline radio with Andy Paul, he's a multi-time author, blogger, speaker, influencer in the sales world. And his recent book is selling without selling out. I mean, on the back cover, you've got Daniel Pink saying, and I love this quote, Andy Paul lays out the simple steps on all salespeople can take to become the best version of themselves. Right. And like that phrase right there, you think about like people making cold calls, you know, you know, just calling, calling 100 people a day, just trying to set up demos and feeling terrible about this process because they know themselves, they themselves would never like want to respond to that kind of situation. And so, you know, the act of sort of, I mean, it's not just putting yourself in your prospect's shoes, it's treating other people like humans because you're treating yourself and building a sales process yourself like a human. Right. And I think one of the issues I take on in the book is that as sales managers, you have to feel confident enough that if you give people the autonomy and the agency to make some choices about how they're going to conduct their business, mm-hmm. they will be more productive. They will learn to become a better version of themselves. They will be more fulfilled in their work. They will stick around longer, which is what we all want, as opposed to just saying, yeah, go make your 100 calls, go make your 50 dials, whatever. Right. You know, whenever I read a book like this, I, you know, obviously this is, I would assume uh, that the audience you have here is, is sort of primarily sales, but I read this and I think if, if I'm a, if I'm a marketing leader, if I'm a CMO, there's an awful lot to take away from this. Like mm-hmm. what, what is the lesson here for marketers? What is the lesson here for, you know, lead generation efforts for content strategies? Well, <laughs> is, yeah, I started the, the book with a, Part of the book, which didn't make it into the final cut, was that 
we work in a world where we work through people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a CMO, I was just done an event yesterday where people want to talk about, or two days ago, about how CMOs can work better with sales, for instance. Mm-hmm. And some of these principles I line out, the connection, the curiosity, the understanding, generosity are, are really about how do you collaborate with someone else to help them achieve something that's important to them. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a CMO and you're trying to support a sales organization, understanding what's really most important to them before you put your strategy into place really becomes very important. Yeah. You know, learning to connect and be curious and not just, you know, robotic in the way you interact with others really becomes critical. So I, this is really a, a interesting you pointed out, but this is really a guidebook towards, yeah, how do you, how do you work with each other in what some people call the interaction economy, right? Is, is mm-hmm. and Pink pointed out in his book is, you know, we, in all walks of white collar life, we sort of get our job done by working through other people, influencing other people to do something on our behalf. It's just basically the same motion. Yeah, I like the way you think about that. And we've been dancing around this idea of your sort of four selling pillars a little bit, but I want to sort of reinforce the point sure. there because I could argue that and I want to I want to let you kind of walk people through it. But, I, you know, it's it's not just selling pillars. I could argue that if you if you orchestrated your buying journey, if you orchestrated your sales process by these four pillars, you might end up with a much more powerful customer centric message and through line. So talk a little about those four pillars and why they're important. Right. So four pillars of selling in, contrast with selling out, is connection, curiosity, understanding, generosity. And the contrast really starts with the fact that these are, unlike the the selling out behaviors, which are learned behaviors, these are innate Mm -hmm. human behaviors, right? We are wired to connect with other people. We are wired to be curious about the world around us. That's how we navigate unfamiliar situations, how we navigate the world around us. We're wired to want to understand and we're wired to want to give and be generous. Yeah. It makes us yeah. feel good about ourselves. So, you know, leaning into these, these behaviors is, yeah, it creates, well, the subtext of the book is how do you create positive buying experiences for your customers? Because, you know, Challenger talks about this, Forrester's talked about this, is ultimately the buyer's decision in largest measure comes down to their experience with you as an individual seller or sellers. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, how do you create this this you know, experience for them? Well, it's not about being pushy and persuasive, and you know, you're a target, and then you know, you're the the nail, and I'm the hammer. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to understand what's most important to you. What is the most important problem challenge you have? What's the most important outcome you're trying to achieve as a result of addressing that challenge? And then I'm going to work with you to help you get that. And that's just a different approach. The book is uh, Sell Without Selling Out by Andy Paul. You can find it on Amazon. I'd encourage you to check out, even if you buy it on Amazon, check out andypaul.com. You'll learn more about the book, see more of Andy's Andy's content as well. Um, oftentimes when I talk, like we'll talk about, you know, everything from sort of being uh, sort of a sort of a, a, a uh, sort of a trusted expert, a trusted authority to your buyers, being someone that sort of brings them commercial insights. You know, Brent Adamson recently has been talking about this idea of sense making, right? Where like mm-hmm. the, the world is flush with too much content and information. As a seller, how do you curate and make sense of what's out there? The pushback I've had when I do get pushback on that from sellers is like, I don't have time for that. I got a, I got an appointment quota to set. I need to get people into my pipeline. Right. I mean, that sounds like a very selfish seller centric message. 
but it requires like th your approach, Brent's approach requires a level of discipline and patience that I think some sales teams just don't seem to have. Well, managers don't have it, right? Right. So on what's on, I think the situation we find ourselves in is that managers have this fear of doing something different, right? They've been given a playbook. This is a playbook we've executed for you know, 10, 15 years now. Uh, mess with it at your peril. Mm -hmm. and, and it's turned out to be very problematic because certainly like in the SaaS world, the results are win rates that are very low, uh, uh, the opportunities in their pipeline, mm -hmm. uh, high churn among employees who are dissatisfied with the environment they're working in. And it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. You know, you're creating these experiences with buyers that, you know, if you have a win rate that's, you know, 25% or 20%, which is not unusual in SaaS, you have to just ask yourself, you know, do I not have product market fit? Possibly. Or am I just so lousy at how we execute on our opportunities that the buyers are telling us that, yeah, we're so bad at it. We can only win one out of every four of them. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I think managers operate from this position of fear because they know their tenures are shrinking, mm -hmm. at least in the SaaS world. You know, now CROs, the last data I saw was you know, 17 months, is we have to break that cycle. We have to understand that, that the way to help buyers shorten their decision cycles is by being of more value to them, not by being more pushy. Yeah. And well, I, look, you know, I own a business. I got to hit a sales number every quarter. Like I, you know, I want to close deals, but you know, just because I need that deal doesn't mean I have done anything to earn it. It doesn't just, my urgency is not the prospect's urgency. And I, I feel like if anything you do to sort of create a different timeline than your prospect has is just introducing friction to the conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's been one of the myths of, of selling for a long time is that sellers can create urgency, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I describe in the book with this process and what I experienced in my own career, what many sellers experience is that buyers, buyers don't want to spend an infinite amount of time making a decision. You know, I, I got an argument once with somebody at a conference to talk about, was presenting about slow buyers. And I said, was there really slow buyers or slow sellers? Because you know, think about the buying committee, which Gartner talks about and others do is, is, these people are being yanked away from their normal jobs to be put into this committee to help make a decision. And it has nothing to do with their day-to-day -day job for the most part, right? Yeah. Um, so what do they want to do when they get into that situation? Is they want to complete this task with the least investment of their time and attention possible. Yeah. And we can help that as the sellers. We can help them achieve that. And I talk later in the book about, you know, how do you get to that point, right? And so it's it's really there's sort of these milestones, right? If you're the first to establish this trust-based connection with the buyer, then you're going to be the first to have them sort of open the door to your curiosity, mm -hmm. right? Where you can ask the questions. You know, I think that sellers are misplaced this idea thinking, well, they have to provide these commercial insights. So I think you provide the insights through the questions you ask. Yeah. And oftentimes the buyer arrives at those insights themselves, mm -hmm. right? So First to connection, first to understanding, right? If you're the first seller to really understand what the objective is, truly understand what's most important to the buyer, that gives you a leg up because then you can work with them to say, yeah, we know the target now. We're shooting at the right target. Yeah. The buyer doesn't share that with every other vendor they're talking to. Yeah. And so there's really a way that if you're, I could call it front loading value into the, into the selling process that makes you more aligned with what the buyer is trying to achieve and gets them to a position where they can make 
what I believe most buyers do in most cases, not 100% across the board, but is the good enough decision. This is a product that's going to enable us to satisfy our requirements and suffices for us to hit our objectives. Yeah. We, we can invest another two months and we'd never find a better solution or anything that's you know incrementally better that's worth the investment of time. Right. So let's make the decision now. Yeah. And that's what buyers yeah. do. Yeah, I love that. And I love you, you know, you brought up a good point about just, you know, fight, you know, creating urgency. I think, you know, like urgency isn't created, it's really discovered, right? And that sense making is about sort of taking sort right. of things, known variables and putting them in an order that helps people understand what the path forward should be and why that change is important. And that's a big part of sort of selling as human. Yeah. Well, I, I say that in the book is use that sense making phrase a little bit. So, you know, buyers, if you're asking a buyer what their job is, what they're really trying to do is they're trying to quickly gather and make sense of the information they need to make mm -hmm. an informed decision with the least investment of their time and attention possible. Yep. That's ideally what they're trying to achieve. Absolutely. Love it. Well, thank you, Andy, for joining us today. I'm serious. This, this is such a good book, Sell Without Selling Out. You can find it on Amazon. Learn more about it at andypaul.com. Just packed with information, you know, just, you know, right to the point, very practical. You'll put this stuff into play right away. So thank you very much, Andy, for joining us. Thanks for writing the book. Matt, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. Appreciate y'all joining us. We'll be back next week and every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. We'll see you then.